Mr. Speaker. Kia good morning. Uh, it is Friday, and as that sting has just announced, it is time for political chat. Joining me in the studio now are Phil and John. Yep, that's right. Oh, yeah. How are you both? Pretty good. Good, thanks. And uh, it's been quite a busy week in politics this week. It has indeed, yeah. Not just uh, the un the unveiling of the new backbenchers uh, puppets. We now have a new leader of the opposition. Yes, indeed. And I think that is quite... um, What's so significant about it is that this is the first time that a person of Māori descent and of Māori identity has become the leader of a major party. So now Simon Bridges is the leader of the National Party and his deputy is um, Paula Bennett. So she uh, won that position again. Um, So that Did she or did she just... (laughs) No, she won't. there was a vote. Yeah, yeah there oh, was okay. a vote. There was yeah. a vote. So that means that uh, both leaders of the opposition of the National Party are um, of Maori identity. Um, and really, this is, I guess it's so significant that it's actually made international news. Right. Yeah, that uh, the uh, leaders of a major political party uh, in a settler society are uh, of indigenous descent. And, yeah. and that's very rare in countries, settler countries like what's up America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, etc. Is it important that up until this time they haven't marketed themselves? If, well, uh, I don't want to get into like the <laughs> minutiae of area, blood quanta, <laughs> but the fact that I was surprised to learn this week uh, that Simon Bridges uh, is Maori. Well, um, identity is a, a, a tricky thing, is, isn't it? Yeah, you know how how we identify ourselves, and we all really have multiple identities, and there's multiple labels that we can use to describe ourselves as human beings. Mm. Uh, th- th- there's people who might uh, put a singular uh, label on their identity, uh, whether being white, Pakeha, Maori, Muslim, Christian, etc., and that's a pred- their predominant focus in terms mm. of how they project themselves. There's other people that have um, multiple identities uh, due to their uprising, due to their background, and I certainly think um, to to label um, Simon Bridges and Paul and Bennett as not real Murray, or as I've heard described with Paul and Bennett as a plastic Murray, I, I think is quite offensive. Yeah. Uh, and I think the people who use terms like that, who are often um, people of the left, people who would say they are progressives, I think, well, where are you getting off? Yeah. Uh, uh, Labelling or um, disagreeing with someone's own self-identity. And the reality is that Simon Bridges and Paula Bennett represent a large segment, if not the majority of Māori who are brought up in urban areas, uh, have some tribal affinity, uh, but um, generally their lived lives, their lived cultural realities don't have much to do with their marae mm. or their iwi or hapu uh, despite the fact that they can have a Maori identity along with other identities. Oh, yeah. And I think so the the, the questioning of uh, Simon Bridges and Paula Bennett Maori identity uh, I think could actually cause a backlash mm. because people are saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, who are you to, to question people's oh, identity? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess uh, I I'm more meant to remark on the oh, fact I mean that you, I was, uh, <laughs> I mean in general. Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. Yes. Um, but again, like I uh, consider myself, if not 
up on politics, but mm. I do follow current events. Mm. Um, and I was really surprised uh, to learn. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess fact. there's other Māori leaders like Te Uraroa Flavel, who was a, um, well, I think, historical leader of the Māori Party, who very much pushed their Māori identity mm. to the fore. And there's an argument that one reason why the Māori Party lost out in the Māori electorates is that they push the the Kaupapa Māori side and the Māori identity side of their politics too hard and they actually alienated a lot of Māori who aren't who can't speak to rail, mm. uh, who aren't going to marae every week, who who feel disconnected from that traditional Māori culture, despite the fact that they have a strong Māori identity. Yeah. Yeah, so I would argue that Simon Bridges and Paul and Bennett, Bennett are arguably more representative of a, of a majority of urban Māori. Yeah, mm. certainly. Uh, I, I had not considered that. Uh, so what about uh, the politics of Simon Bridges? He looks like a greased weasel, but... <laughs> Is he? Well, the main thing that's always struck me about Simon Bridges isn't whether he has Mario Pakeha descent. Although I think he's always, but you know, I mean, he's always said that he's got a Mario father and a Pakeha mother, and he did go to the Mar- you know, he did get taken to. He spent time on the Mariah as, as a child. But the thing that's always struck me about him is just how oily he looks. I, I, I can't remember a time in politics when I've seen somebody who just looks so oily, but. Um, Last week, I actually watched him on Vote Chat with um, Bryce Edwards um, here at Otago University, and it was from about, uh, I think it was before the um, 2014 election, and um, much to my surprise, he didn't look oily at all. So I don't know whether he'd skipped the brill cream, or whether that was actually his natural look, and it's just maybe the, the maybe the... The lights and the, the camera aren't flattering to him. Um, but he came across as being much more uh, down-to-earth then. Um, and he also talked about how his politics had evolved, that he started out very right-wing, and then he went to a neoliberal conference in Australia and decided, oh, I'm not that right-wing. Um, and as he got older, he'd, he'd moderated his politics. And I think this is part of the key to why he's the leader of the, the National Party. I think they decided that, you know, Jacinda has got the... Um, as being a woman, and that's a big tick for her. And so they needed somebody who was either a woman or who was Maori. And as it is, they've got a, a leader and a deputy leader that have both those covered. And I think that's a... The mark of how much politics have changed in New Zealand in the last few decades. That yeah. that would never have been the case in the Labour Party, um, let alone the National Party, you know, a few decades ago. Is he... Well, my perception of uh, Simon Bridges is that if he can't get oil out of it or uh, harvest it for money, he's not really interested. Is that... Oh, I know that's an over, gross oversimplification. Mm. Um, I- I think that's a bit unfair. I think he's yes, he's uh, he's he describes himself as a compassionate conservative. So I think uh, there's no there's no. <laughs> Sorry, that's an amazing oxymoron. <laughs> it could be, but I, I guess he stands in the tradition of people like well, recent tradition of people like John Key, yeah, um, uh, Bill English, who, who, he... who who weren't hard. Uh, new right or hard neoliberal type politicians who who believe that the market is the answer to everything, but but people who accept capitalism as the, as the most 
efficient way to run the economy, but believe there is a need for some state intervention. Um, And that doesn't have to be state intervention of a socialist kind, but state intervention which is used to... um, uplift people who might be in a detrimental state or a state of poverty. Um, uh, So, yeah, it it sounds like a contradiction in terms of compassionate conservative, but there is a history. Um, In in Britain, it's called, I I think, um, One Nation Conservatism, the the idea that developed in the um, Conservative Party in Britain that that the Conservative Party shouldn't just be a party of the elite and and, and be a a party that um, engineers economic and social policies that benefit only the elite, but should be a a party for the general population. I think uh, Bill English and John Key certainly turned the National Party into sort of a a one New Zealand party, if you like, a compassionate conservative party. And I think, um, yeah, Simon Bridges uh, very much follows along with that ethos of John Key and Bill English. I've noticed, uh, A, he cited uh, John Key in a lot of his introductory uh, interviews. He cited mm. John Key as, as an inspiration and a, a role model. Um, I guess the real key is, can he lead National to victory in 2020? I think absolutely, but what national? I mean, national is still the most. Well, actually, the last poll, uh, Labour crept ahead as the most popular party, but there's not much difference between um, national and Labour in terms of support. The downfall for national is that it doesn't have any viable coalition partners. So you've got ACT, yes, with one seat, but they're kind of irrelevant now. What what Bridges and Bennett need to do is is have a viable coalition partner now. One thing going for Simon Bridges is he's seen as quite, ironically maybe, an environmentalist, someone who's prepared to uh, bring in the green discourse into national politics. I'm flabbergasted <laughs> by that previous statement. And go on. so, if, and he's very pragmatic. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, as Phil said, he's shifted from a hard right position to a more compassionate uh, yeah. conservative position. Yeah. So I'm sure he's prepared to uh, bend on issues like uh, um, um, oil exploration in New Zealand as well. And that could mean that uh, he could foster the Green Party as a potential coalition partner for National. That might seem absurd, but it's been talked about in, in uh, well, senior Green um, um, circles for quite a while. That's the idea of a Green Party, isn't it? I know that the Green Party in the German uh, parliamentary system <laughs> is less about its own agenda, more about providing a buffer mm. between the act of government and the environment. Yeah, and, and, and James Shaw, um, uh, the current leader of the Greens, is, is, seen someone, is seen as someone who wants to focus more on environmental issues than left-leaning social mm. uh, issues. And so, yeah, although a lot of people rule out the possibility of the Greens going national, that's a possible, and uh, that's a possibility. Mm. I think Simon Bridges will be trying to uh, develop a more friendly relationship with the Greens. Yeah, and actually in the, the last national government, the Greens had agreed with National as well, um, where they um, I think were prepared to support them on supply and confidence, and in exchange they got um, some of the things that, um, some of the environmental stuff that, that they wanted. Mm. I think another interesting thing though about Simon Bridges and um, Paula Bennett is that they're Westies. You know, that they don't come from posh Maori backgrounds, yeah. they come from working class backgrounds. Mm. And ironically, you've got people who are more, whose backgrounds anyway, are more working class leading the National Party than the people leading the Labour Party. Um, yeah, I hadn't considered uh, that. Yeah, which is also why I think 
Um, and Paula Bennett, I mean, she used to be quite anti-Tory, you know, in her student days and so on. Um, so it's going to be interesting how how they take the National Party. In terms of the next elections, I think it's feasible. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I think it's certainly feasible that Bridges could lead the National Party to winning the most seats. But like John said, that's it's not government. Yeah. Uh, also in politics this week, uh, Ron Mark has been rolled as the deputy leader of New Zealand for first. Yes, so um, um, Ron Mark has been rolled as a deputy leader and uh, uh, New Zealand First MP Fletcher Tabuto has uh, replaced him. Um, why this has happened, uh, there's a lot of speculation out there, but the general consensus is that um, Ron Mark was no long, longer seen as Winston Peters' man. Right. Uh, that he wasn't seen as a, a firm loyalist. Um, and this might seem surprising to people, but um, we, we can go back uh, uh, to 2009 uh, when New Zealand first got voted on power, and at that stage Ron Mark was making uh, public uh, statements that he was no longer an active member of New Zealand First and might consider standing for another party. Right, okay, he's back yeah. in New Zealand First, but uh, Winspeter demands loyalty, and um, Fletcher uh, Tabuto is seen as a, a, a firm Winston Peters loyalist. Um, also, Ron Marks uh, uh, rolled himself rolled uh, uh, Tracy Martin, the former deputy leader in New Zealand First in 2015. So possibly that was seen as an act against Winston Peters as well. Tracy Martin was particularly close to uh, Winston Peters. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's hard to know what is going on in New Zealand first. It's not the most open and yeah. uh, accountable party out there. Um, it almost has a feeling of a sort of a, a, a one-person dictatorship at times. <laughs> yeah, again, I think uh, I was biting my tongue because uh, I didn't want to oversimplify uh, the case. But yeah, it does seem that Winston likes uh, it all. In control. His, his yes. iron fist. Yes. Um, <laughs> But this, again, this uh, now, um, I mean, Ron Mark is of uh, Maori descent. Apparently Tracy Martin is also of uh, Maori descent, which I didn't know. Right. Uh, so this is a, another political party where both the leadership position, the deputy leadership position, are held by people of Maori descent and with a Maori identity. Well, which provides uh, an excellent segue uh, to the note that six out of nine political party leaders are of Maori descent. Um, and Māori political leaders are now at the fore of New Zealand Parliament, surely? Yeah, is, this, it, is this a... Yeah, it seems, it seems astounding, doesn't it, from, from a country that was uh, seen as being completely sort of uh, controlled and, and dominated by uh, Pākehā politicians, that six out of the nine leaders, and that will go up if Mara Ma Davison becomes co-leader of the Greens, uh, so it'll be seven out of the nine leaders uh, of Māori descent. That's taking into account that uh, David Seymour from the ACT Party is mm. of Māori descent, and has a partial <laughs> Māori identity as well. Right. So, yeah, it it really uh, speaks to, a, I think, a transformation in New Zealand society and New Zealand politics. And, and the, I guess um, the growth of a larger uh, Maori middle class and, and, and uh, business class that, that have uh, political aspirations and, and, and push... And, whose politics are quite diverse so within all the political parties now there, there uh, are a number of, well obviously, leading Māori because mm. um, uh, I guess Māori 
Māori no longer being at the bottom of society predominantly, but with that growth of a large Māori middle class and, and business class, I believe that Māori politics has become more diverse, and mm. that's why we see uh, prominent Māori in all the political parties now. So we have a situation where Māori are a bit under 15%, or people who identify as Māori is a bit under 15% of the population, but certainly make up quite a bit more than 15% of the members of parliament and make up about 70% of the, of the leaders of, of, um, of registered um, political parties, which is, yeah, again, that's an unprecedented... Um, situation, and I think Marama Davidson is pretty much, yeah, well she, you know, she'll be the co-leader of the Green Party um, as as well. I think what has happened, like John was saying about the diversification of New Zealand politics, though, is that the people now who are not really represented at all are the working class. You know, mm. like all these Māori politicians very much represent the interests of the Māori middle class. So you've got the Māori working class and Pākehā workers as well who are not represented because there isn't really a class... Um, there's not a working class um, political party in New Zealand anymore. You know, Labour is just... It's a middle class party. The Greens are middle class. Um, you know, the membership of National is it's dominated by by the yeah. Middle that's class. actually quite an interesting point. It Workers does seem, have no voice. Yeah, it does seem quite a split between. Uh, I don't know the political way of saying, but jobs that you need a degree for, yeah, uh, and everybody else who works. And that yeah. never was the case in the past. I mean, yeah. I think uh, David Lockie might have been the first uh, Prime Minister who had a university degree. Yeah. Um, uh, looking back at people like uh, Norman Kirk, left school when he was yeah. 13. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Labour Party leader and Prime Minister in the early 70s. So, and with the election of the first Labour government, there were all these people brought in from a diverse range of backgrounds, but most importantly from um, the industrial working class. Mm. Whereas... In terms of diversity, the current parliament, in terms of ethnicity and gender, is the most diverse it's ever been. But it's not diverse in terms of class. That, yeah. that people who come from, uh, um, you know, poorer backgrounds or uh, industrial working class backgrounds, etc., uh, are, are no longer represented in parliament to any great degree. Mm. And actually, even in the National Party um, in the old days, um, you know, you had somebody like Keith Holyoke who was Prime Minister for about 12 years, you know, and he left school when he was about nine. Mm. And he took out the allocution lessons in order to sound posh because he had a real <laughs> kind of rural, you know, and, and he came from a quite poor background as well. He had a rural kind of poor, you know, New Zealand accent. And, New Zealand? And, and, yeah, and you couldn't sound like that and, and be on radio and, and television. So he, he poshed up. Right, and, and he had this sort of unbelievable accent, and you're thinking, you know, like, is this guy really a New Zealander? And he was about as New Zealand as you could get, old Keith Jacker Holyoke. I do find just uh, a little segue. I do find Simon Bridges' New Zealand accent uh, bordering on the comical. Um, but also, but it's not put on. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, yeah, so. I yeah. think uh, I, I think he's K1W1 Kiwi. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, but I think it's, it's a real different. plus for him. Yeah. Uh, because I think it, um, there's a real desire for more authentic politicians or politicians who are seen as authentic. So the, the, the very sort of... Uh, 
public relations controlled and managed politicians are no longer popular anymore. Mm. They're seen as fake and they're seen as a part of a political establishment and political elite. So more rough and ready politicians like Donald Trump in, in America. Um, I still struggle to <laughs> connect Donald Trump as a politician. He's not a politician, he's yeah. just president. But yeah. that, that's what, the fact that he's not really a politician is what gained him, I believe, um, his popularity. And I think the same could work for Simon Bridges. So he's, yeah, he's, he's got a sort of quirky accent, uh, he, he's not necessarily well polished, or, or he gets it wrong in terms of his image. But that, yeah. I think that's a real plus for him. It makes him seem more authentic. And also, yeah, that is, it's it's authentic, mm. and it worked, it worked really well for John Key. I mean, the irony was that John Key was a multimillionaire. You know, he he was valued at you know fifty, sixty million dollars, but he came from a working class background, grew up in a state house in a working class area, and with a solo mother. And yep. back in the days before the DPB, yeah. you know, very hard working, um, and yeah. Like somebody in the money markets could present themselves as a, I think as the a regular secret, down I to think earth. the secret to John Key's down to earthness is the statement at the end of the day. Because <laughs> uh, if you listen to his press presence, every he wedges it in there right. every chance he can. And also, I've noticed right. how it's just bubbled up to the surface in New Zealand lexicon. Right. As like, at the end of the day. That's just my, my personal <laughs> pet peeve. Uh, we've got to leave it there, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank uh, you. Cheers. John and Phil. It is.